I'm Ed Gross, and you're listening to CloserWeekly.com's classic TV and film podcast, where we celebrate the golden age of television and movies, then and now. You love the Bradys, we love the Bradys, and the world loves the Bradys. All the proof you need in this, the show's 50th anniversary, which still boggles the mind that that's even possible, is HGTV's A Very Brady Renovation. On top of that... Author Kimberly Potts has done the seemingly impossible and revealed even more about the bunch named Brady in her new oh-so-groovy book, The Way We All Became the Brady Bunch, how the canceled sitcom became the beloved pop culture icon we are still talking about today. And that's certainly true. It's what we're talking about today with Kim on the podcast. And if you think there's nothing new to know about the Brady Bunch, this conversation will prove otherwise. So we're all Brady crazy now, obviously, because of this. Yes. <laughs> you know, but for, there have been so many books about the Bradys. You know, uh, producers have written it, stars have written it, other people, mm-hmm. out, you know, journalists have written them. What made you think that there was something new to say about the Bradys when you sat down to write this book? Well, it took me several months to write the proposal for the book, and that's why. I felt there was something to say, but it, it took a while to kind of crystallize it. And the the idea first started, I mean, I was looking at and noticed that the anniversary was coming up and that was like, oh, there there hasn't been a, a, a book in the last few years. And I was thinking, but is there anything new to say? Because I do think that Barry Williams' book for me is kind of, I, I think it's one of the best, I kind of think of it as a TV biography. It's more, you know, a biography of the show. Yeah. I think it's one of the best there is. Um, just such a fun read and detailed read. Um, but for me, the statistic that made me most interested in doing a book on the Brady Bunch was that the show had never finished a season higher than 31 in the ratings. And the reason that was such a a surprise for me was given how enduring it is and how influential it continues to be in pop culture. And so, um, that kind of became, and that really is, the book is kind of half, I would say, history of the show, but just as important is a, a history of how influential it's been. All these other, not just the spinoffs of the show itself, but other pop culture properties that have been influenced by it. That Just how many times that opening credit sequence has been spoofed or uh, paid homage to, I guess, is probably better because I think even the spoofs are kind of always pretty loving in terms of the Brady Bunch. So that was really what I thought that there needed to be a book that really gave the show its due, it, it in, in paying homage to its its place in TV history, which I think it has earned. And um, just to kind of, I think if I was surprised by it as someone covering TV for all these years and being such a fan of retro TV, um, that other people would be just as surprised by how many other shows it has impacted and influenced by, you know, the fact that Vince Gilligan did an X-Files episode with a Brady Bunch theme, um, even the triple X Brady. I mean, there are five triple mm. X Brady movies and um, that were among the best-selling triple X movies ever. And uh, the Tom Brady story, just so many ways, the, uh, the Soloway sisters and, and how they, by their own admissions, were obsessed, their word, about the show when they were growing up and, and it influenced Transparent even and, and all the th- different things that they've done, obviously the real life Brady Bunch, just I think people will be really surprised by um, how the show has endured 
and why the the syndication history I think is uh, you know a lot of people I I think don't really know that this show they think that when they watched it as a kid a lot of people think that's when it originally aired but many of us maybe even most of us watched it in syndication and thought that it was a, a show that was on the air at the time. So I watched it when it first aired, but anyway, go ahead. <laughs> no, I mean, obviously with the 50th anniversary and how excited people are about that, a lot of people did watch it originally too, but I just think there's a lot of things that people don't know about it. It is sort of one of those shows that, that is kind of a punchline that, um, you know, that, that people love to make fun of for how cheesy it is or how silly it was. Um, but given all of those things, people also genuinely love it. It makes them happy. The songs make them happy. The theme song makes them happy. And I thought that was that was something worth investigating. And, and that does raise the question because because that was literally what I was going to ask next is we know it's endured. We know that it's impacted. We know that it's been had all these spinoffs and it's really been a, rel- a regular thing for the past half century. So we're mm-hmm. all aware of that. But really, when you go back to the episodes. They're not really that good, really, a lot of them. I mean, they're not. <laughs> right. I mean, come on. I mean, yeah. they're not. So, yeah. so why? I mean, how does a show that's, like you said, cheesy and corny in its episodes and stuff, mm-hmm. does it live on 50 years later? I think that in terms of the episodes themselves and, and as you said, how a lot of them are really not that good, yeah. straight into over-the-top silly and ridiculous I think it is that simplicity. I think people remember them fondly. It's something I know when I was in college, it was we used to turn on, I think that's when they were airing on TBS, and we would turn it on at four o'clock or whenever it came on and kind of play a game to see who could most quickly remember, you know, which episode, what what the plot line was for it. Right. So it's it's something that people bond over you know, kind of their shared love of this cheesy TV show. But going back to the simplicity, I I do really think that there's something very comforting. And it's kind of the, you know, the comfort food TV that uh, just those simple plot lines. And yes, that, uh, you know, there were two parents and the, the bonus mom and Alice that were waiting there for them every single day. And whatever their tiny little problem was in the scheme of things, it was the most important thing that was going on in that household. And who didn't want a childhood like that? I don't think most of it had, us had it. Some people certainly did. And if you had it, you identified with it. If you didn't have that kind of childhood, you wished for it. But either way, it's still something very comforting. And I, I really do think even more than the syndication success and, and how many people found it then in syndication, um, I really do think that that simplicity that, that Sherwood Schwartz clung to and insisted that that should be the show, even when everyone was telling him it shouldn't be, that it it needed to be a little more serious, serious, a little more realistic. I think in the end, it kind of bore out that that he was, uh, you know, he was onto something and insisting that that was the show that they would make. And that's why all these years later, we still can kind of look to it and, and get a little bit of joy out of it. Absolutely. And I do. And I, and I agree with that. And, and it's funny. And I'm probably like, this isn't a natural flow from what was just being discussed, but I'll say, I I remember when the Brady Bunch movie came out and I was just like, oh my God, this is going to be like so over the top and ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing about it was it wasn't in a lot of ways in the sense of it was just the show presented on the big screen. Gary Cole as Mike Brady Uh, was astounding. Yes. Yes. I totally agree. I love, I mean, I love him in pretty much anything he's ever yeah, done, he's but um, he was great in that. And, and 
just the fact that he has said he was really just, he was watching Robert Reed and kind of parroting what Robert Reed did. And as you said, it, it was just a show, but in that context of the nineties, um, it did seem over the top and, and, but in a brilliant way, not just a making fun of it kind of way. Yeah. It's like Leslie Nielsen playing it straight in airplane. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, now you go back to the funny thing about that is you go back to the Poseidon adventure, right? Mm-hmm. Which he's the captain of the ship. He has a yes. line in that. That's hysterical. Now he just looks at everybody and goes, there's a 90 foot water wave of water heading this way. Now that's a serious line, but not anymore. Now it's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. That's so true. That's total I tangent, love that. but there you go. Yeah, I love that. You, you you said you spent a lot of time writing the proposal of this. Nonetheless, when you went into the book before you spoke to anybody or did your thorough research and all that stuff, mm-hmm. what was sort of, I mean, you give me kind of the, the appeal of the Brady Bunch. What was the revelations for you? Was there anything that you came out at the end of the process that you learned or surprised you about the Brady Bunch? I guess I was a little surprised. Um, I mean, just. I think most of us, when we think of former child stars, we think of the 80s and the uh, different strokes kids and, and a lot of things that have come out of that. I mean, obviously, there's Ron Howard, and that's kind of always when people say, well, not every child star turns out, but, you know, it turns out badly for them. And you're like, well, give me an example. And everyone says Ron, Ron Howard. Howard. Right there, the Ron poster Howard. child for he's, not screwing up your he, life. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's the poster child and, and kind of the only one that anybody can ever name. Right. Um, but I think for the most part, the Brady kids, and it it seems silly to be calling them that now. I um, but I think for the most part, they've turned out pretty well, too. And um, I think that a big reason for that is that they did have each other on that set um, and that there were other people looking out for them. The set teacher was, was uh, really a, a protector of them and, and, and did a lot to make sure that they got playtime and, and that the rules were followed in terms of the union rules of how often they could work and how long that they could work. And Lloyd Schwartz is the producer. That was kind of his job to, to, take care of them. And, and when the Paramount executives didn't want them running around the lot, he kind of thought back and said, no, they're kids, you know, they should be able to explore and do things. And obviously we don't want them to be in danger, but, you know, let them be kids as well. And I think also just, you know, they, they all have had such varying um, thoughts and feelings about the show and its place in their lives and, and their characters, obviously, across 50 years. Sometimes they've been really, I think all of them have had points where they've been bitter about it, where they thought it was going to lead to a lot more work and it didn't. Um, Susan Olson told me about, and it's a story she's told before, but just about how they would, a few years after the show, uh, they would be called in for auditions and think, wow, this is cool. I'm going to get this good role and it's going to allow me to, to break out of being Cindy. But then she would get there and find that they really, these executives just wanted, there were these casting people just wanted to be able to tell their friends that they met Cindy Brady right. and had no interest whatsoever of casting them. And then, you know, I think all the way through the 80s and then there was the revival in the 80s and the movies and, and, and everything in the 90s and all the way up to today where, I mean, again, I think you can sort of see when they're being interviewed when they were on the Today Show this week, even during the first episode of the renovation series, um, 
you can see that they're kind of a little surprised by just how many people seem to not just be interested in the show, but really love the show. Yeah. And I, I think that they sort of now are getting to see again, that the show does have a place in pop culture and TV history. And um, that I think isn't always the feeling they've gotten from fans, um, certainly people in the industry. And, and I think that it's uh, that's the most surprising thing for me is just to really stop and think about their experience. And obviously there are many former child stars who are older than them. There's the leave it to beaver cast and, and some other people, but no other cast has their exact experience of being this famous for one show that only lasted five years for this long. It's, certainly more than two thirds of, of their lives for all of them Yeah, that, that this show has been, you know, such a big part of their lives. And I, I just think it's fascinating to consider, you know, how they've felt differently about it at different stages of their lives for very good reasons. And, um, but then again, it, at the end, most of them, you know, they're doing okay. They, they've weathered, you know, the various storms of, of trying to work in Hollywood with various levels of success along the way. Um, and, and that's why I think it's it's also really fun, at least having some of that backstory. And I, I hope that most people do have some idea of um, of what they've done throughout the years. And, and I hope the book will enlighten that a little more. Um, but to I think it makes it extra fun to watch things like the renovation series and, and some other things that they're going to be doing. They're going to be doing a Christmas special of the renovation series, I think, which is airing in December. And I think it's really, it makes it extra fun to watch that because, um, you know, again, they, they're around 50 years later and they look good and they seem to be having fun and they seem to be embracing it and, and appreciating the feelings people have for it. Well, you know, it's interesting. They went through a cycle and they came out the other end. That, uh, and I guess you were suggesting this, that a lot of people don't. I think specifically of, you look at somebody, and I'm going way back for this one, George Reeves who played Superman, right, on The Adventures mm-hmm. of Superman. Well, mm-hmm. he was so, I mean, granted there was alcohol and drugs and stuff that involved, but he was so feeling unappreciated as an actor and unloved that people only recognized him as Superman that he ended up taking his own life. Yeah. Adam West as Batman went through that oh. period where he was so bitter about the fact that nobody would see him as anything but Batman. They wouldn't let him play Batman. Well, with good reason. Uh, <laughs> later, in, you know, Years later. But yeah. he thought he could. But he was so bitter. About, then all of a sudden he embraced it. He recognized that people loved yeah. him. And then he celebrated it. And it became even Shatner, our dear friend Bill. Right. Uh, he even went through a period of resenting Star Trek. And then he came back. And now he embraces what the fandom means and, and his role yeah. in it. It's just wonderful when they come out the other end. And it sounds like the actors playing the Brady Bunch did that. They came out the other end. I think absolutely. And I think you just touched on a reason why, uh, a reason why it's so fun to cover retro TV is because again, they, most of them have come to that place and it's understandable why they have that other phase of kind of hating it. Um, because again, if you, you just want to work and no one will even give you the chance, you may be the greatest, you know, you may be Meryl Streep able to Meryl Streep it up there on the screen, (laughs) but if no one will ever give you the chance to do anything differently, um, that's gotta be frustrating. And, and also for, for the Brady kids, this again was only five years of their lives yet, you know, people expect them to be Greg Brady, all these years later. And uh, that's got to just mess with you at certain times. Well, especially as we were joking earlier that when somebody refers to you as the Brady kids, 
It's like, oh, yes. my God, they're in their 50s. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. I think um, Barry Williams is, I think, 65, maybe. Or oh, is he? Okay. Well, he yeah, okay. Yeah. There you go. So this is what I'm saying. It's like, it's like, uh, yeah, this is something you have to live with. But there is there, and 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 again, you said I'm just going to repeat everything you said because it, it made so much sense. Uh, <laughs> but uh, when you watch the very Brady renovation, there mm-hmm. does seem to be real joy on their faces as they're watching, they're working on it, and as it's coming together. Yeah, definitely. I interviewed Barry some time ago, and and the most humbling thing for him, and I think it was a, it was a wake up call for him about Hollywood, is that mm-hmm. when he left the lot on a Friday or something, they canceled the show over the weekend. And he came back and his he could, his parking spot was gone already and, and his stuff was packed up in a box. And it's like without any knowledge that the show had been canceled or something, they had just like done it. And suddenly he was out of a job and suddenly the star wasn't a star anymore. It was over. Exactly. And you're a kid. And yeah. this is, you know, your experience. That's that is crazy. Lloyd and, and um, Sherwood found out they went to an industry lunch, I think it was. And uh, an executive there said to them, oh, you know, really sorry that that we aren't going to be able to pick it up for us. There wasn't picked up for a sixth season. And they were like, OK, good to know. Right. <laughs> Not the best way to find out. But thanks for telling us. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a pretty harsh lesson to learn, though, at that age, yeah. uh, that this is how quickly things can change. Absolutely. You know, and, you know, that still yeah. hasn't changed. I remember years ago, uh, Fox was uh, had a TV show called Alien Nation. And the two, that? The, yeah, the two actors, Gary Graham and Eric Pierpoint, were literally packing their bags to go to TCA. And as they were <sighs> packing their bags, they got phone calls saying that the show had been canceled. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? <laughs> it's just crazy. Wow. You know? So it's, that yeah, I, that is the craziest one I've heard. I think of the cancellation, uh, the way people found out. Yeah, that's yeah, insane. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we we have talked about the fact of the longevity of the Bradys and all that stuff. I would love to get your take, and um, I'm imagine it came up in your in your uh, research on the spinoffs of the show. You know, of the Bradys, if you have the patience to go through those with me. <laughs> um, well, I think that the first, the uh, variety show is... Oh, wait, the cartoon, hello. <laughs> oh, the cartoon, the Brady Kids. That one is just too bizarre. I mean, I think that one's even more bizarre uh, in a, just a basic sense than than even the variety show. It um, obviously didn't have a lot of reason to exist other than that's what a lot of the 70s shows were doing, having the the uh, cartoon spinoff. I remember the Laverne and Shirley one and gosh, all of those from the Fonz 70s. and the Happy Days gang the going Fonz. through time, traveling through time with the Fonz. <laughs> and with his dog. Wasn't his dog's name cool? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My gosh, I forgot about that one. Um, so that one, I feel like it just really didn't have a reason to exist. And, and the kids weren't even a part of it after the first season, uh, from, from the most part, um, kind of nothing to remember for me with that one. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of fun to watch it to, for an episode or so, but I think even that beyond an episode or two, it, it kind of doesn't even really hold any interest. It did have the Brady's meet Wonder Woman. And Superman. Let's not forget that. That (laughs) that is true. The first time Wonder Woman had been on TV um, as a character, that was certainly fun. Yeah, yeah, that one for me is kind of the most forgettable of of all the Brady spinoffs. Going then, of course, into the Variety Hour, which I kind of love. It is one of the more surreal things I think that's ever been on TV. 
um, Robert Reed with the Carmen Miranda basket on his fruit basket on his head. Um, oh my God! For me, the most memorable, and and I will pull it up on YouTube and watch it every so often. The car wash uh, performance with it is Marine Barry, Chris Knight, and Rip Taylor in Wizard of Oz costumes performing car wash. <laughs> How insane With Alice, is that? Oh my, it's just, it is delightful. It is purely delightful. And it gives me just a little bit of joy every time I, I think of it. And then I have to go watch it again on YouTube. Um, I think the most, it, obviously it was over the top and crazy. And why were the Brady Bunch doing a variety show? And uh, that it even had the little narrative that it was because they wanted to star. And I think it was Bobby wanted to star in a show. And so Mike agreed to stop being an architect and move the family to a Malibu beach house uh, where they would star in a variety show. I mean, that in and of itself is pretty crazy, but the fact that they all embraced it when they were, most of them were kind of ambivalent about doing it. Chris Knight hated dancing and singing and didn't think he was good at either. Um, You know, that they all had these kind of varying feelings about it. Um, The thing that I love, the fact that I love most about it is that Robert Reed was the one who was most excited about it. Yeah, what's that about? He hated the Brady Bunch. He liked the kids, but he hated the show. He loved the kids, loved his his adult co-stars, hated the show. I think he just, he always wanted to be doing something different. And he loved singing and dancing and he was trained and I think he played piano and, and did a little bit of musical theater. Um, he just really wanted to do something different. I think he had been away from uh, the kids and, and his castmates long enough at that point that he really missed them and kind of maybe was realizing, oh, you know, I should have focused on that a little more when we were actually doing the series. Yeah. And I, he just, he had fun. He wanted to be doing something different. And that was about as different as it could get (laughs) for the cast. And uh, so he had fun doing it. I think it probably lasted absolutely as long as it should have. (laughs) Um, But it is a fun, fun piece of not just Brady history, but pop culture history, TV history, to be able to watch some of those, uh, those shows and then performing those 70s hits and dancing in their there was so much pink and orange oh, yeah. uh, in those episodes, oh, <laughs> so yeah. many sequins. Um, so it's certainly a fun, a fun slice of Brady history, I think. And it gave us the world fake Jan. Let us not forget fake Jan. I love fake Jan. I talked to her for the book. She is so fun and sweet and um, obviously a, a small slice of uh, her time in the, the Brady verse, but um she really embraces it still, and and people still love talking about her. And you know about the the fake Jan holiday. Uh, January second is unofficially fake Jan day because she was Jan second, and uh, people <laughs> celebrate it. Yes, people sell a few people, a few Brady the Brady devoted celebrate it, and the official there's even an official snack of fake Jan day, and it is a cheese ball. <clears throat> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, so um, that is a fun little piece of Brady history too. Yeah, that show it it's kind of the little piece of Brady history that keeps on giving because I I don't think you can ever uh, tire of watching some of those clips. And unfortunately, when they released the box set recently, because of the music clearance, I'm sure there's no ver- the variety show isn't there. It's the only show I not know. in the box set. 
I was bummed about that too. And you're right. Those damn music clearances hold up so many great things that should be streaming or uh, on DVD. Um, I do love that DVD box set though. I think that was a really fun release. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So that leads us to the Brady girls get married. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That one, I think uh, as the rest of the spinoffs would, would bear out um, the rest of the TV spinoffs. Those were all good as a one-time thing. And then when they tried to turn it into a series, um, it just, it couldn't support it. And I think that that happens though, again, a lot with reboots and reunion movies and things like that. They're great occasionally because people want to check in with, uh, you know, the characters that they loved and and they want to see what the actors look like and, and how they act together and all of that occasionally. But I think that they just, they did not want to see um, – and, and then with the Brady Brides, the, the movie was great, but the series, you, most of them weren't even in it. So right. Ian Mike wasn't even in it all the time. So, um, yeah, I think the movie was a great idea, great to see Mike walk the girls down the aisle. Um, and I think that was something that Robert Reed said when they kept asking him, like, why do you keep coming back for these things? You hated this show. You hated the Schwartzes. What are you doing? And he said about that movie that he wasn't going to let anyone else walk his girls down the aisle, (laughs) which was kind of sweet. Very sweet. I mean, that definitely, he obviously had very negative and, uh, ongoing negative feelings about the show, but, um, his relationships, especially with the kids. Uh, pretty special, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So the Brady yeah. Brides were more of a typical sitcom, I guess, at that time. And it just didn't connect with the audience, the Brady Brides. It didn't. Yeah, yeah I think it didn't connect. It didn't. Um, I think that was probably the first sign. I and mean, we we didn't have uh, Eve Plum in the variety show. But the Brady Brides, I think, was in the, in the series, I think, was the first sign that people should have paid attention to that we need all or at least the majority of the Brady's to be involved in anything or we don't want to watch it. I mean, that was the whole point that they were a family, that they were a unit, that whatever happened, they were together. Um, by the end of the half hour, everything was solved. And so to have a series uh, where every week you were asking us to tune in and we weren't even seeing the majority of them, I think that was just never going to work. It's nice to have the eccentric aunt visit once in a while, but you don't want to live with her. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. You want to see how she's doing. Exactly. Want to make sure she's okay, but then she's got to go. Exactly. All right. Yeah. That's next up is a very Brady Christmas, if I remember correctly. Oh, very Brady Christmas. Uh, a gem. I love that movie. There are so many things that are wrong with it. The the fake Sam we get in that one. Um, the fake Marsha, right? Oh no, that's the Brady's. I guess the fake. Right. Fake Martian and the Brady's. Um, A lot to love about that movie. A lot that is just uber typical Brady cheese. Um, Mike trapped in the building and uh, which is on 34th Street. And the miracle, as the newscaster points out, that it's the miracle on 34th Street that Mike (sighs) is saved from the building by the people singing. Uh, um, yeah. Led by Florence. Is, <laughs> by Florence, of course, and, and the crowd backing her up, singing. Um, my favorite part of that movie, and there, there again, there's a lot to poke fun at, the horrible remake of The Living Room with the, uh, instead of the great um, plexiglass colored panels that we all associate with The Living Room, the 
glass bricks now that we're uh, into the 80s is, is what we see in the, the Brady house now and some other remakes, uh, remodels that just, it's not the Brady house anymore that, that we love, the design. But the best part for me of that movie is that Alice comes and is looking for a place to hang out because Sam has cheated on her. He's told her, he wrote her a letter telling her that he'd fallen in love with someone else. He wrote it, of course, on a butcher paper. Um, but the best part is that she comes to them as their friend to stay with them in her time of turmoil. And she starts wearing her uniform. <laughs> just happen to have it. Just that because I guess when she's in the Brady house, she has to wear that uniform, even though she's a guest at that point. She's not working for them. Um, <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. I love that so much. It's yeah. so appropriate and cheesy at the same time. Yeah. Um, then, of course, I mean, I think that I feel like that movie should become like a Rocky Horror Picture Show situation yeah. <laughs> where people just watch it together every Christmas and throw things at it and make fun of the uniform and all of those things. But then, of course, it was incredibly it was the second highest rated TV movie of the year. Um, so, of course, CBS said, hey, there should be another <laughs> series. series. <laughs> if people watch this thing and loved it that much, what will they tune in for on the show? So that became, uh, as was dubbed, Brady something because they tried to do a kind of serious version. Who wanted of, uh, that? The, Whoever asked for a serious version of the Brady movie? I know, right? The best is there's one episode where Marsha seems to have developed a drinking problem, right. which, of course, disappears by the end of the episode, never to be addressed again because it's the Brady Bunch. And even that can be solved in <laughs> yeah. an hour uh, at that. I think they were an hour long yeah, at that were. point. Yep. The drama, the dramedy, rather. Um, so yeah, again, it's a, a series that should not have existed. Um and, and I think the Schwartzes didn't want to do a series. Their idea initially, because they had had a lot of success with doing those Gilligan's Island re reunion movies, yeah. and that was what they wanted to do with the Brady Bunch. They, they kind of knew that people wanted to see them, but not necessarily every week. Um, but we all know network TV, especially at that back then – Still, who are we kidding? Network TV, yeah. when they have a success or any other network has a success, they say, let's do more of the exact same thing. And um, that led to the Brady's and uh, which didn't last for long. And, and again, probably lasted a little longer than it should have even. Um, and and uh, but, you know, it's certainly, again, a fun piece of TV history and Brady history that uh, we had Brady something for a little while. Absolutely. I, you know, what's funny too, is like, like we talk about the, the new, like this new wave of reboots that go, go on. The mm -hmm. big success I think has been Roseanne slash the Connors. That's become the mm -hmm. big success. But then there's also like Will and Grace came back and it came up with a lot of fanfare. But when you look at the ratings, they really were in high rated shows. The Will and Grace, right. the reboot. And I think Will and Grace is a good example of that too. That first season was fun. And it was great to see them back together. And you, you know, they certainly knew what we had loved about the original, which I think is Jack and Karen. Right. Um, and that was fun to see them again. But it did start to feel like, okay, I kind of I kind of don't need to see them again. Because and, you remember and, why it went off the air in the first place. Yes, you know exactly. What I mean? it, all these shows run out of steam naturally. It, it happens. And there's a reason it ran out of steam. They ran out of ideas. Right. Right. That's so true. And, um, you know, I, 
I'm kind of curious to see what's going to happen with the, the uh, second season of the Connors you, that you just talked about. Mm. Um, I thought the re- Roseanne reboot did a lot of really great things and there, it kind of proved that it did have a reason to exist. Yes. And even the first season of the Connors, um, I, they did some really, really nice things with the characters and, and all of those characters are, um, uh, kind of fun to watch and, and get the update on them. But I'm curious as to whether, I mean, I love John Goodman. I, I, I think he also, like Gary Cole, can do no wrong and, and is just always amazing. But I don't know that even a, a second season of that is going to be something that people are still going to care about. The thing it's got going for it, I think, is you have actors, and I'm not saying the Will and Grace actors aren't great because they are, but right. you have a cast with a lot of the cast members on the Connors that are so good yeah. that if the scripts are strong enough, I think people will stay with those characters. That's what the Connor season one at least proved to me is that if you yes. have even an ensemble without the lead, if you could mm-hmm. have a strong ensemble with strong scripts, I think people might just stick. I mean, I'd be very curious to see what happens this season, but it's me very too. curious to see how it goes. You know, the one I'm excited about is mad about you that, that I want to see what they're going to do with that. I'm curious about that too. I'm kind of still surprised that it's happening. And I just, I keep seeing the commercials in the last few days uh, that they're streaming the entire original series for free yeah. um, on spectrum. And then the, uh, and it seemed to come together so quickly. Like there were rumors for several years and it didn't seem like it was going to happen. And then all of a sudden it's happening. And in fact, it's going to be premiering you know, very soon. So I, I'm kind of curious to see what they'll do with those characters too. Yeah, absolutely. Now people are kind of be like, why the hell are they talking about all these other shows? What the hell happened to the Brady's? You know, well, we love our pop culture. We love our TV. What can I say? We do. We do. We do. Uh, you know, it all culminates now, of course, with, and we've talked plenty about it, a very Brady renovation. Mm-hmm. Does this in a way feel though, and I know they're doing the Christmas special and stuff, but does this kind of feel like the capper, like there really can't be any more Brady projects beyond this one now? You know, I did think that initially, but I sort of think, um, I think that there could still be reunion projects. Uh, I think that people would tune in for a Brady reunion movie with the characters. Um, I don't, I kind of still feel like a series, a whole series might not go very well or not, not go very long. Um, there are a few things though. I do think, and people keep saying, why don't they have the cast? And people are kind of saying this is a joke, but I think they also would definitely tune in for at least a few episodes. Why don't they have the cast live in the Brady house? Um, kind of as a reality series. I, I don't see them agreeing to do that without a very, very open checkbook. Very um, open. They have their own families and lives, you know. <laughs> exactly. I mean, but, you know, the people do the uh, – they used to do the surreal life yeah. on, on VH1 and those things, um, which Chris Knight did that one season. Um, and then Marie McCormick did the Celebrity Fit Club where I think they, they also lived together for a couple of weeks while they were filming those shows. I mean, I, I do think that getting them to do that for a week or two would be very interesting. I think it would be fun for viewers to kind of see their – because if you live together that long, I don't care how much you're trying to kind of put a good face on things. Your real personality is going to come out a bit at least, and I think it would be very interesting to see their relationships with each other and, and their personalities really come out if they did live together, especially in that house, which is 
automatically going to bring back a lot of memories of their relationship throughout the years and, and in being in those spinoffs and all those things. I just, again, a very, very open checkbook. I think it would take for that to happen. Um, but I, I would personally love to see it because I think it would be genuinely interesting, not just in a, you know, reality series kind of way, but I just, I think that would be really kind of fun. Don't think it will happen, but again, that would be a great spinoff of the renovation series. And, and it would kind of also be kind of funny and appropriate that the renovation series would have a spinoff. It would be. Yeah. Right. I have heard though, that some of the cast members are kind of interested, especially Maureen, I think is uh, kind of interested in doing her own HGTV series. So I would not be surprised at all uh, if that happened. They've all been popping up on various Discovery Network shows. They were all judges on Chopped. Um, I think they are, there's another show, uh, Barry Williams was in a, a show about a car show, and I can't remember which series it was, where he drove a Brady station wagon, and uh, <laughs> that was kind of fun. So, I mean, I, th- I think definitely some spinoffs could happen out of that, some maybe another home renovation series that some of them would be involved in. Mike Wickenland, actually, his main occupation now is um, he designs countertops and various household sculptures out of concrete right. and uh, is apparently, you know, has done some some very cool work on that in that field. Um, so it's kind of seems like a natural to me that he would do some sort of HGTV series. Yeah. I, again, I think a Brady reunion movie of the characters would be really fun. I think it should be something, you know, maybe the, the 90210 uh, reboot, which not everybody loved. I have been enjoying it immensely. I think it's been very clever. That would be a fun thing. I think to do with the Brady bunch, kind of have them, you know, as themselves and as the characters, um, that might be a fun way to get them back together. I think that they will only do things that feel different. I don't think they're interested in doing, you know, kind of a, a straightforward reboot at this point. You know, if they do the reality show, you're talking about living in the house. Could you imagine the, uh, the diary room eventually be like, Oh my God, Barry, shut up. Or Maureen, why are you such a bit, you know? (laughs) Well, exactly. Again, they, you know, they certainly have had their uh, sibling like squabbles throughout the years. And some of them have been public. And um, that's what I'm saying. If you live together, I think even a week or two, just when people go on vacation together, you're in a house together and you have this long history. And and for them, especially, I mean, I I think it would be like a group of real siblings living together in their childhood home for a week. Things would happen. Real feelings would come out. Past um, arguments would would be revisited, I'm sure. Um, And I think that that would happen with them, too, which, again, as a Brady fan, who doesn't kind of want to see that? I was just going to say America would watch that. (laughs) America would so watch that. And it's I also love that, you know, we should mention that the fact that the Brady's are now on HGTV. The the show, the original series, is the only show that in some form aired on all three of the original broadcast networks, ABC for the original series, and then NBC for Brady Brides and CBS for the Christmas movie and um, and the Brady spinoff. Now they're on HGTV. That's uh, kind of another something to be proud of in, in the Brady verse that that they are uh, a series that that has spanned all these different networks. 
And as we said, all these shows, I mean, you mentioned a few of them just now and we've talked about them, but it's like people give Star Trek credit for all these spinoffs it has. Ha! Mm -hmm. Look at the Brady's. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Although, again, we do have to kind of bow to, to Star Trek as being really the only other series um, that has made so much out of its syndication yes. success and, and that that's really – uh, largely responsible for the success that the franchise continues to have. And obviously Star Trek continues to be very influential itself. Here's a final Brady question for, for us here is just when you look back at 50 years of Brady and your own experience with your research and interviews and writing the book and stuff, mm -hmm. what is the legacy? What, you know, if you had to sum up the legacy of the Brady Bunch, what is it? Well, I think for me, what sums it up is the fact that the, the words, the title, the Brady Bunch, is a phrase that's synonymous to describe happy families, large families, blended families. That really says it all to me. It, that is what people think of. And not just in terms of other TV shows or movies or pop culture. It's applied in real life when people want to describe a happy family or a large family or a blended family. They say, well, they're not exactly the Brady Bunch or, oh, we're doing our own version of the Brady Bunch. Right. In so many places, you in, in just in real life, you hear that that phrase used to describe that. And, um, you know, I, that that sounds simple. But again, I think that that really is the, the main reason the show continues to be a fan favorite, to be something that people are willing to watch on HGTV, which is kind of the last place you would expect the Brady Bunch to turn up, um, that people are still hopefully willing to read another book about, <laughs> um, is that they, uh, it is a simple concept. It was about family. It was about these kids who they fought and did all the same things that other kids did. But at the end of the day, they had this safe, environment where they could go to and parents who love them, who, you know, created this safe haven for them, who cared about their problems and helped them solve it, solve them, who, who cared about what kind of people they were being in the world and what kind of people they would turn out to be. Uh, two parents and Alice I should always say, <laughs> they always had that bonus mom. Um, and I think that that, that again is the legacy of the show. It really is kind of the ultimate family sitcom and not saying that it was the most realistic one or that, again, as you said earlier, nobody is ever going to say that it was the best written show. <laughs> Some of those episodes are crazy, yep. but we remember them and we remember them fondly and they make us feel good to think about them and to watch the series still. And I, I think that that is its legacy. That is its place in pop culture and TV history. Um, and, and just to think about all the shows that were kind of direct knockoffs of the Brady Bunch, Full House and Step by Step and pretty much the whole original TGIF lineup on ABC was really the Brady Bunch. Um, so, I mean, that's a pretty special thing. The Way We All Became the Brady Bunch will be published on December 3rd, but is available for pre-order now on Amazon. And while you're waiting for your copy to arrive, we hope you'll subscribe to this groovy podcast. Tell your friends, including George Glass, about it and leave us a five-star review. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll see you next time.